0: I've been doing what I do now for uh, four years out of Miami, and I've and, uh, been doing this um, uh, because of the, uh, really because of the road that I went on uh, in result to the, the uh, Zika virus, and lo and behold, uh, three and a half years later, uh, we have what's now the coronavirus. Uh, Julio, how are you? And uh, please make an introduction uh, for, to yourself uh, for, uh, for listeners.
1: Yeah, um, well, thanks for having me, Ian. First off, i um, Julio Rivera. I'm the editorial director of reactionarytimes.com and a conservative uh, opinion columnist.
0: Excellent. And uh, Julio, are you, based, uh, you, uh, are
1: you based in New York? Where are you based? Out of- I'm actually, of all places in the world, I'm actually in Eastern Europe right now. So um, I'm actually I, I relocated. I'm originally from uh, the New York City area, uh, born and raised in Patterson, New Jersey and uh, in New Jersey for uh, outside of the time I spent in military service. I was in basically in the uh, in New Jersey for most of that time.
0: Fantastic. And, and, and you're reporting for. Um, so uh, uh, tell us some of the, the uh, people that you're reporting for your uh, some of the uh, media outlets.
1: Well, I'm not a reporter. I'm an opinion columnist, but I write for uh, Newsmax, the Washington Times, uh, Townhall.com, American Thinker, uh, PJ Media. I've been published in Breitbart, uh, The Hill, um, just really a, a lot of different places. Morning Consult. I just had a piece in CNS News that ran about Andrew Cuomo, uh, which got a lot of attention. But uh, yeah, basically most conservative opinion uh, sites or news and opinion sites carry uh, my commentary. Okay, fantastic. So so now,
0: Julio, I want to get your impression uh, and and opinion, therefore, uh, of what happened uh, January 6th on Capitol Hill. And, uh, you know, know, this is uh, this is somewhat astonishing to have um, uh, to have a president, a sitting president of the United States, uh, whether whether listeners, viewers like him or not uh, uh, to have a sitting president of the United States completely banned from a social media platform as, as Donald Trump was. Um, and, and other people uh, uh, being, uh, being harshly critiqued, especially, it seemed, like those that are uh, conservative in nature in their view. Um, now, for instance, Julio, I myself uh, started a website um, uh, called StopCommunism.net. And within 10 days, the thing had been taken down by the host. Uh, in addition to uh, some other of the uh, websites, including uh, StopMassMedia.com, which is a shirt that I'm wearing, that was taken down as well. That had been up for three years. But once I started StopCommunism.net, Boom. They took down a whole bunch of my sites. It was a, it was a host out of San Francisco. Julio, are you, have you found any, any, any similar type treatment uh, being, a, 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 being a conservative uh, voice or opinion?
1: Um, well, yeah. <laughs> I've been uh, banned several times. Uh, not banned, but I've been uh, suspended several times by Facebook. But my Facebook, um, if you want to call it fan page or public page, uh, julio rivera or Conservarican. it was uh, named uh it had both names uh that was actually uh taken down permanently and i i tried to put up a new fan page um uh over the last couple of days and i couldn't it wouldn't let me create it and i looked in my support inbox and apparently i'm banned from creating new pages on facebook until may 30th of this year so Um, apparently, you know, and and I don't know why they pick on me. It's not like, you know, I'm one of the I mean, I consider my opinions very honest and truthful. I don't really I don't cite uh, sources that are unreputable. Um, I've never really uh, perpetuated anything that was you could consider a lie. Um, I just think it's the fact that I'm a Hispanic conservative and I do a lot of major media. So I think they're trying to suppress certain voices. Um, because I mean, it really, I mean, people like me are considered, I guess, an anomaly and that kind of, um, you know, kind of, um, ruins the narrative that, uh, most on the left are trying to perpetuate. So for whatever reason, I've had a lot of problems with Facebook, Twitter, I don't even bother with, I have a, I've had a Twitter page for about six years and I've uh, either tweeted or retweeted, uh, less than 1500 times in six years. So I, I really couldn't care less I my, my business model and my um, my model as far as getting my voice out there has less to do with uh, social media and more to do with um, you know writing for for, for major publications and, and doing it that way
0: yeah now now in your in your view in, in your opinion and uh, from from uh, from being in Miami uh, I'll tell you that it
1: was' You're July, in Miami. Okay. Yeah, I'm in Miami. Good for you. Um, Good for you. I wish I was in Miami right now. Cheers. (laughs) Glasses up to Miami. So I want you to know, first off, let me tell you something, Ian. Forget all this, what we're talking about. Right? It's Saturday night in Eastern Europe, right? It's, it's, I'm seven hours ahead of you. So it's Saturday night. So that's, I'm just going to caution and preface everything by saying it's Saturday night. Saturday Saturday night live from Eastern Europe. Yeah. pour some more, baby.
0: So, You know, I mean, look, I, I, I tried to stay fairly uh, 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 politically neutral up until about the time of uh, 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 about a year ago when uh, when I was I was in the northwest and uh, Portland was basically being destroyed and attacked. Yeah, and it's a disaster.
1: I can tell you a little story about Portland. One of my one of my good. He's a good friend of mine, actually. You'll probably say, how are you guys friends? But Tom Hartman, you know who Tom Hartman is, right? He's like the, like
0: program twice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so Tom, yeah. yeah. Tom,
1: Tom is like, you know, the king of the progressive talk movement, right? Um, he's smack dab in the middle of Portland. When I first started doing Tom, he was still in Washington, D.C. In Washington, D.C. And whenever I do a show, I'm like, I sit there and I'm like, I love this guy on a personal level, but he's literally one of the most dangerous voices in America, because right now he's in Portland, the epicenter He's constantly – I had a nasty argument with him this week, which we all have all the time. Like it's like one of those things we just kind of verbally spar and then we shake hands when it's over. Nice guy. He's met my daughter and we've hung out and like, you know, on, on a personal level. But it's – Portland right now, if there was one city, this should secede from the United States of America. And we should just – we should we can give it back to the USSR, which doesn't exist anymore. But, you know <laughs> – <laughs> There's elements in Russia and elements, communist elements all over the world that want to reform the USSR. Let's just give them Portland because, you know, that's what they want to be. So we can. <laughs> for it. I like so the just fire. Just let them have it. Let them have now, it.
0: I, I didn't realize he was in Oregon. I thought he was in the north uh, northeast. But, uh, yeah, he's a, he's been on the program a few times. Oh, no, he, he was. was he
1: wasn't for a long time. He went back he probably was, about man. two or three years ago, back to Portland. So, yeah.
0: But I'll tell you what, Julio. So, so, so when this, uh, when this, when uh, this, when this, when this mayor, uh, Ted, or I don't remember who it was, or is, uh, and he just didn't do anything, and then Chicago, and and, and you're from New York, New Jersey. Uh, you know what's happening there is uh, r- ridiculous. Was with, with, with De Blasio and Cuomo. This is this is insanity, in my opinion. And so I started to take a site. And I'll tell you what, in Miami, I was I was astonished at how many of the Hispanics. Okay, these are you know the Cubans. I'm talking about the Cubans and in Venezuela. It sounds like you're from Puerto Rico. Same type of atmosphere, but perhaps uh, a little more dramatic in Cuba since they had the Fidel Castro catastrophe. I suppose is a good way of, of saying it. Uh, in Venezuela, where, where these are thriving, thriving economies, thriving, uh, uh, thriving countries, uh, and then they you know, they were taken over by these regimes, and they were the Mindy mighty day police had a report a 100 mile long caravan for donald trump so
1: we're, yeah. we're being
0: fed you know we're being fed of course it's almost like a force feeding that 81 million people voted for biden um in your view julio in your view what happened january 6 what 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 was that in from from your from your angle what, what was
1: um, that I, I think that there is a lot of people that were Fed up with you know the lies that they've been fed, as you you know so clearly point out, um you know the, the suppression of all the many victories of President Trump in, in three years before the coronavirus, and and honestly maybe perhaps his greatest shining moment was uh, Operation Warp Speed, which delivered uh, a vaccine for a deadly virus we're in the middle of a global pandemic. And we had a vaccine in less than a calendar year. Uh, The fact of the matter is that there was suppression even with that. Why did the pharmaceutical companies wait till just days after the election to sit there and say, hey, we're going to be ready to deliver, you know, hundreds of millions of doses of this vaccine in just a matter of weeks? You know, it was collusion. You know why? Because Donald Trump wanted to reform the pharmaceutical market Mm -hmm. where. These companies arbitrarily at any point decide to take up the price of vital medicines that people need to live for their very existence, right? They drive that up, you know, th- you know, hundreds of percent, you know, arbitrarily. You know Pharma Bro and all the stories that go on in the pharmaceutical industry. You know, he wanted to, to go after them. So those are the people, along with other industries, that funded – joe biden's campaign and in a lot of ways those are people that buy advertising for mainstream media in addition to that to talk about the mainstream media nbc one of their major investors the chinese government they're going to put together an nbc universal uh studios um theme park the largest in the world they're building in china right now so the chinese government is influencing american media they have major investment in NBC. They have major investment in the Washington Post. They have major investment in Hollywood studios. So, the messages that we're seeing in movies that are, they used to be subliminal and kind of subtle, but now I can't even watch movies without seeing blatant examples of, you know, they're trying to lead you politically. And it's very annoying. I mean, I've gotten to the point where I can look past it. I'm, I'm smart enough to detect it when I see it. But to the average, disaffected, disconnected, not even paying attention to this stuff kind of American. You know, I've been, uh, to give you an example, right? I'm in a, a, like five or six baseball groups in Facebook. And everybody's been celebrating the fact that they're moving the All-Star game from Georgia. Oh, it's so woe. Right. Yeah. You know, we're going we're gonna to find somewhere else. If you look at the Georgia voting bill it's tantamount and equal to what we have in most states in most states if you're going to vote by mail you gotta send a copy of your id these aren't ideas that are so foreign but obviously everything that happens that doesn't play exactly into the favor of what the left wants um, immediately is done in the spirit of white supremacy and is racist so basically if you don't do what the left wants you to do you're a bigot I've been called a bigot. I'm a person of color. I'm a Hispanic. You know, my parents are from Puerto Rico. I'm from the inner city. I actually grew up in the hood. And I got white liberals telling me what I'm supposed to believe. You know, <laughs> so it's sickening to me, Ian. I mean, I just, I can't, you know. That's why I drink. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, so so Lacudio, so, so,
0: so I'm in Miami, and, and, and I go to this town hall meeting. And uh, the Zika virus and the pesticide. And I, tra- I trace these things back to this banking corruption with the Rockefeller. I the usual names. Of course, it totally opened doors for me. I had no idea what was going on. This isn't tra- a joint, by the
1: way. It's a, this is a rolled cigarette. I just want to preface oh. that. <laughs> okay. well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. want people to get the wrong idea. You know, I just you know. I sometimes and, I roll <laughs> secrets, You know, I, I, the- I like <laughs> And so I, I come
0: across a guy named uh, uh, Anthony Sutton. And this is uh, this is 2015, late 2015, uh, rolling into 2016. Um, and, uh, and, and, and and so I, I start this uh, uh, online radio show in Winwood uh, Winwood Radio. And right about that time, uh, Donald Trump, of course, he's running for candidacy and and uh, for president. He says, if I run for president, I'll be doing it as an independent. Well, to me, that spoke to me because I thought, OK, that's great. Uh, the, the last guy I had voted for was Ross Perot. I liked his independent style. I liked where he stood. I thought both parties were corrupt. But then he's talk about these talk about the deep state. So in your definition, Julio, and and, and what you write about in your opinion pieces, you know, News Newsmax is is you throwing out some pretty uh, large organizations that you're writing for. In your opinion, what is the deep state? How do you define that? Because I don't think that. Uh, I don't think Donald Trump ever did the American people any justice by defining it. What is the definition in your in your view? What is the deep state?
1: The deep state to me is a network of establishment figures that are exist within the unelected bureaucracies, namely the intelligence community. They work in cahoots with people throughout other government agencies and legislators that have been in Washington, D.C., for a long period of time. It's not an official entity that has any sort of figurehead leadership. What it is is influential DC players, if they wanna go ahead and go after somebody, or if they wanna go ahead and protect somebody who's doing things, because I listen, it's out there in the ether. We know that Hunter Biden's investment firm in China received over $1 billion in investment, and now Joe Biden's president. There will be a quid pro quo at some point consummated, but we can't really draw a straight line to what it, uh, exactly it was because nobody in the intelligence community wants to draw that line. So that's a problem because nobody really there is protection out there for people that are doing things. You talk about the Clinton Foundation, the Clinton Foundation and their various, um, you know, uh, things, inappropriate behavior that they've done, you know, which be. You know, I mean, if they were really investigated, what happened to all the money that was uh, donated for the Haitian cause? Why did the Clinton Foundation receive money um, from Middle Eastern entities, countries that around the same time received favorable arms deals from the United States State Department? Why did Bill Clinton receive four payments of 750000 from Russian elements right before the Uranium One deal was done. You know, these things are things that would normally, if a Republican did them, you know, or or if anybody, actually, I shouldn't say that because Republicans do bad things too. There is a uniparty, as you said, that, you know, you voted for Ross Perot. You like Donald Trump because they're independent. There is a uniparty, but it's gotten to the point where it's almost like a reverse McCarthyism now, And Republicans are just being attacked for everything. But I think that a lot of the establishment Republicans don't really care. They're going to lay down as long as they play ball. They get to control the progressives moving the progressive agenda forward because and they'll control it by not providing opposition. That's the key. That's why Donald Trump was so valuable. And it's sad that he's gone, because at the end, he did have certain veto powers and he had certain powers over. The bureaucracies, the smaller bureaucracies, obviously, you can appoint an attorney general. He could downsize, you know, certain, you know, the I don't know, um, the Justice Department or make some changes within the FBI or the CIA or do things like that, which now we have Joe Biden, who's pretty much asleep at the wheel. He's basically going to just uh, enable himself to not get a, or be a, forced to be accountable for the things that has, he's done for years. And let's, family.
0: On, yeah. let's paint with a broad stroke here, possibly, and say, you know, there's you, we can go back to FDR's new deal. We can go back to Woodrow Wilson signing the Federal Reserve into in, in place in which he lamented. We can go. Uh, we can come to more recent history. And we can go to, to JFK. Um, and, and there's you know, there's there's a there's a banking uh, there's a banking uh, thread that can be tied through through these. Um uh, uh, as Americans, even though it's, even though it's a, it's an it's a, it's a, it's a greatly, the, the Vietnam era is a greatly aging, uh, uh, uh generation. And in fact, I, I, I was talking to a guy yesterday that served in Vietnam. He just, yeah, it's, it's like world war II. i I've mean, still, I'm still young enough where, where you see these, you see these generations grow. There's not many more, there's not many world war II vets out there. They're like a hundred years old now, if they are, uh, your Vietnam guys are getting into their late seventies and their eighties. Um, uh, but if we go to the, if we if we go to that can can we say can we say that that some of these political strengths yeah 250 years is 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 not a not a long time for a country to be established when you're looking at when you're looking at like Spain or England or France these are you know they've been around for centuries you know the, the United States is still a very a very new kid on the block if you will uh, do you think that there's anything that might be uh, you know not to get theoretical here but is there anything that might still be Threatening the United States uh, that, that that may have been, you know, uh, one of the things that JFK was was fighting in. Again, he was a Democrat. Even in Andrew Jackson, right in the eighteen forties, was a Democrat. Uh, so doesn't it, so it really doesn't uh, it, it crosses political lines? It really doesn't. I don't like to get in the, the to the to the to the parties because because again, it's 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 really about morality. I think uh, is there is there is there something that does exist? It, it does exist. It seems like the United States is. Uh, right now, the country is in massive turmoil. I mean, the, the, the corona, the coronavirus and the mask thing, uh, they coincide with, it's become political. Um, do you see where I'm going with this? And, and do you have any comments with, with, with what I've thrown out there?
1: Yeah, I mean, John F. Kennedy himself, um, you know, uh, a couple years before he was murdered, um, gave the the famed, and I don't know if you're familiar about this, the Secret Society speech, where he kind of attempted to outline the fact that major media in america even then when it was in its infancy in a lot of ways i mean comparatively speaking to where we are now technologically you know now we have the internet now back back when jfk was talking we had a couple of local radio stations and maybe four or five television channels now we have so much more than that and and we have the internet and the power of the internet and the power of the internet allows you know people to be citizen journalists and all these other things but What he was talking about back then was the way that, you know, there were media monopolies that were putting out bad information and covering things up. And, and, you know, that's kind of what he was alluding to. And I think JFK was getting a little too close. He was being, you know, kind of coy with the way that he was starting to give this information to the American people, because up to that point, nobody had sort of lifted, attempted to lift the veil on that. So I think that's one of the reasons why John F. Kennedy was assassinated. And I'm going to tell you something here, Ian. If it wasn't for the fact that Donald Trump has the gravitas that he does, that he has the power that he does, that he has the money that he does, that he has the circle and the things that, that he has around him, I think he would have wound up like JFK. you know, Or at the very least, he would have been pushed out of office. I was a big Ted Cruz supporter in 2016. I actually came into, um, you know, major political media being, um, you know, a, a big supporter of, of Ted Cruz. Um, so I, it tells you I'm a little bit newer. But the fact of the matter was if if Ted Cruz, I'm I'm glad in retrospect that Ted Cruz didn't win because if Ted Cruz, if it had been Ted Cruz, I think he would have been destroyed within a year. I don't think he would have had. He doesn't have the money, first off, to even fight all these lawsuits in everything that the left was throwing at Donald Trump. Like we don't, even, we don't even imagine like the half. If you really look at all the, the legal action, all the litigation, the the numerous impeachment attempts, because there were two, everything that Donald Trump was able to weather to get through his only term yeah, was because he's Donald Trump. Uh, a weaker man, a poorer man, and I hate to make it about that, sure. but yeah. in a lot of ways would not have survived and i think that that becomes more obvious as we move past it as president yeah, and,
0: and impeached impeached when he was he ran out of office basically uh, you yeah, know i mean so so we're getting to some of these basic they're really human rights they should be human rights but they but they are american rights they're written into the constitution and there's 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 people that have been on my program such as paul craig roberts you might be familiar with that name uh, he's, 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 a former fellow at Oxford, also at the Hoover Institute in Stanford, uh, a, a economist for, uh, I think Reagan. Uh, and he said, he said blatantly on my program three years ago, he says, "The Americans don't have any constitutional rights. Do you, is, is there any sense of free media in your, in your view? I mean, certainly you and I are speaking and there'll be people that, that, that listen and watch, watch this. Uh, and there are people that browse my site and your site. So that is free in a sense. However, it does get to a point where it seems like uh, once these voices get to a get to a level, they, they do get they do get uh, muted. Uh, is there free is there freedom of speech? Is, do we have free press? What do you think? Julio?
1: I think that um, when you saw what the House of Representatives did uh, recently right at the the outset of the Trump. I'm sorry, the outside of the Biden administration where they sent a letter uh, kind of threatening Uh, the major cable carriers and streaming services about uh, networks like OAN and Newsmax and others and Fox News, um, you know, over supposedly spreading misinformation. I think that's just the tip of the iceberg, Ian. I think that during this four-year term for the Democrats, I think you're going to see the weaponizing of the Federal Communications Commission. That's something that I talked about um, for for just from you know even in advance of the election, this is what's going to happen if the Democrats win. They're going to weaponize the FCC at that point. You know, conservative talk radio, which has been you know dominating the talk radio market and is a, a big reason why we had like the Tea Party surge of 2010, the Republican Revolution of 14. You know, having the majority won in 2016 with the presidency, all these things are going to be under attack especially given the fact that we wound up blowing Georgia. So now they have a legislative domination as well. So and and then in addition to that, you throw in the fact that we have what's nothing short of collusion um, in in terms of social media, because uh, social media in order to have a, a you know, we saw this with Parler Parler needs Amazon Web Services and cloud services and other vendors in order to make their conservative app work. You get those uh, those vendors pulling out because they can, you know. And when they do that, they wind up, you know, destroying the only uh, social media that you know really is, it caters to conservatives. So it's we're getting it from all angles here, Ian, and it's it's going to only get worse. I think the midterm that's coming up is really, and I don't want to overstate it. I don't want to seem like I'm an alarmist. I don't want to seem like you know Chicken Little. But the fact of the matter is. That's the end. If we if we can't if we give the Democrats four years, unimpeded, unobstructed in this era of, of cancel culture and all these other things, conservatism is going to die in America. Yeah. And so so so
0: so why is it? Why is it? Let, let's let's say that, yes, there is a there is an attack on <laughs> on conservatives. Uh, you know, <laughs> let's, just, let's just say that. Um, I, I, and if, if if that is a valid argument, which the two of us would certainly, I would agree with that. Um, why? And, and again, yeah, yeah, Donald Trump uh, at one point in his political career was a Democrat, so he's been on both sides of that party or that or that, or that political aisle.
1: Um, been on and, every and, and, side of every issue, but as president, he kept his promises. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. But if, if we go, with Why is it then that uh, the conservative uh, conservative conservatives are? Uh, are being targeted, or, or why they why are they being silenced? Who would it? Who does it benefit? Who do the Democrats? Who do their laws benefit? If it's again, if we're trying to draw, if we're trying to draw a tie into this deep state, right? This kind of hidden force that 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 does that does that does basically bolster uh, the, the 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 mechanics of how D.C. is operating. Uh, is does does it does the does the liberalism uh, does that support the deep state? Well, what is the conclusion? Why, why are conservative voices being, uh, uh,
1: being, uh, being, being attacked in that sense? I think it goes back to what I was saying about uh, foreign influence in America. I think that like, if you look at legislators, they, you know, you can, a congressman makes $170,000 a year. You know, a senator makes, I think, just probably a little bit more than that. Why do these people— stay in office for 20 30 years and now they're right. worth 40 dollars because yeah, they're yeah. getting they're getting money pumped into their pockets to support the interest whether they're either corporate cronyism you know uh, between you know corporations and the government domestically or the real dangerous the elephant in the room which is foreign money foreign investment and you know what I think we keep getting thrown this ukraine Yeah, Russia, all that kind of, that's all, that's amateur hour. The fact is, really, the the, the elephant in the room, the dangerous adversary that is pierced. And look at Swalwell. Eric Swalwell! Why has he not been censured and or impeached and or arrested for, you know, uh, basically mixing, you know, with his his Chinese spy girlfriend? God knows how much information. He was on, you know, uh, committees congressional committees that have, you know, certain security accesses and security clearances that, you know, I'm sure he was giving her information that, you know, no civilian in America, much less a Chinese spy should be having. Um, That's really what it boils down to. That's the danger. That's who's benefiting from all of this. It's we America has been sold out to foreign interests, you know, and it's been sold out by the very legislators that were elected to protect for uh, domestic interest and improve the lives of americans
0: so 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 for listeners to understand this you're saying that the chinese are the chinese woven themselves into 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 our government and they are manipulate do you think do you think it's going that gone that far that they have now they have now gotten a stronghold that they have manipulated our economic system and our political system do you think they, can we go with that
1: yeah, that's we're the United States of China right now. That's basically wow. what we've become.
0: Uh, yeah. Wow. Um, okay, so <laughs> let's let's talk resolution here, uh, Julio. Let's talk some resolution, man. Uh, <laughs> what can what can Americans do? I mean, let's. What can we do? We okay, So look, we've got we still have the most powerful military. Sounds like you served in the military. we we, we, we do at least for another ten years.
1: It would seem. I don't know. How, how? Oh, beyond, are, beyond, yeah. Listen, this is the one thing. That, as far as militarily with China, they're they're actually outproducing us on the surface level, uh, naval wise. Um, you know, um, they're they're building like you know more ships than we have. They have more ships. They have more tonnage. Um, they can fight a war of attrition if we go that way, um, where it's because you know the Chinese don't care about life. They don't care about their soldiers. They'll yeah. they'll just. Right. You know, it's like like the kamikazes with with Japan. They'll just they don't care. They'll just keep sending ships out there. But militarily, I mean, if we really wanted to, if it really came down to a war, we can get um, undetectable submarines off of their coast and you know shoot nukes at them from under the sea and literally destroy any country on earth within a few hours if we really wanted to. I, I really don't worry about. Whether or not we're strong enough militarily, what I worry about is who's in control of that military and, you know, who's in their pockets. That's really, to me, what, what really the issues are. Let's, uh,
0: let's, let's talk domestically here, Julio, because it sounds like, in my view, um, it, we've got some real issues uh, stateside and you've got, we've, you know, we've got, uh, we've got Governor Abbott uh you know strong arming uh biden maybe they've sued things over now but the word you know even when trump was when trump got into office you had uh jerry brown in california talking about secession uh, is that is that a possibility you see coming down the pipe do you think do you think economically one of these large states could uh could could could, could show some muscle and say hey we'll 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 we'll, we'll leave the union we'll, we'll we'll be a threat to breaking up the union i mean the texans the Texans, for instance, are very proud people. They, they, uh, you know, they broke away from the Mexican Union, and, uh, and they, were, they were their own republic, I think, even in California. This is a conversation I had a couple weeks ago with the guy that's uh, putting together a movement to actually break away from California. There's, there's a lot of that talk going on domestically. How do you see that sort of thing uh, uh, panning out? Uh, let's say the United States can defend itself from a, uh, a foreign enemy. How does it defend itself from a domestic
1: enemy? I don't see secession for in any um, scenario being a realistic thing. i don't I don't think Texas wants to do it. I think California may feign that they want to do it, but um they'd go broke very quickly. Uh, right. you know especially with the with the um the policies that they um, continue to push and the fact that they have the open border. I mean, a lot of these illegal immigrants came in through California. i don't I don't know if it's more than Texas because Texas has Technically, uh, more borderland. But no, I don't don't see that as a as a reality. Um, I'm sure that there's people out there trying to raise money for it um, because there's people there's just grifters all over the movement. I'm not saying that anything about the negative about the person you had. They're probably a good hearted person that's doing it with good intentions. But you know, you get a lot of these sort of fringy movements in politics and, you know, every, you know, idiot wants every idiot that does a couple of TV shows wants to get a super PAC and, and, and you know, just kind of extort money from people. And then it just goes into administrative costs that, um, you know, nothing ever gets fulfilled. So, no, I mean, I don't see that as a realistic movement at all.
0: What do you what do you what do you say to the to the to the Latin American uh, community. Let's 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 look at let's look at a couple things uh, here I, as far as uh, Mexicans. Uh, you know, they're coming from they're coming from a government that uh, uh, is very corrupt. Uh, it, a lot of these a lot of these uh, Hispanic uh, families uh, have moved to the United States to to seek a better life. That includes white family, black. You know, blacks kind of were were here for slavery, but but you know, a lot of a lot of different kind of ethnicities and people from around the world have moved to the United States. Uh, but but representing the Hispanic community yourself, uh, what is wh- what do you say? What do you say to the uh, to the Hispanics? And, and what I'm talking about is again in Miami, the Cubans. The, the Cubans. I I was astonished at how many Cubans were saying, "This is communism." They're taking down these statues. They're trying to they're trying to reorganize the education. This is this is blatant. This is what happened in my homeland, my island. This is communism. It's a And they, they're just they're totally unseated. They're furious. And then when Trump, you know, tr- you know they're calling it a coup. What do you from, do uh, from a Hispanic viewpoint? Because from my view, I, I don't have any Hispanic uh, ancestry. Uh, from my view, I'm saying, hey, dude, you know, the Hispanics are a key, a key populace to the demographics of this country moving forward. What do you say to that community, Julio? Ian, I say...
1: <laughs> That's what I say. No, um, in all honesty, let me tell you something. The Cubans have it right. I love Cubans. Um, I have some close associates that are Cubans. Um, they're very anti-communist. They're very anti-socialist. I love the Cubans. Um, you know, the Puerto Ricans, my own people. You go to New York, um, you go to a lot of the major cities where you have a lot of Puerto Ricans. They disappoint me in a lot of ways because they fall into the identity politics. They fall into a lot of the traps that are set by the liberal left. I was able to escape that because, as I said, um, yes, we can move away from the left if we want to. Um, But it's a choice that we have to make and we have to commit to. Um, No, it's a difficult thing, um, you know, being Hispanic and being conservative. I think a lot of um, Hispanics are picked on, unfortunately, um, by the the left's um you know uh pr machine um but i think if you you take most hispanics and you ask them issue by issue you would find that most of them are socially conservative most of them are entrepreneurial and they're just voting wrong yeah <laughs> well said
0: okay I will take a few minutes because i because i know we've taken up a lot more time than i i knew i was going to get from you um Take a few minutes and tell listeners uh, what, what they can expect from you. What's coming down the pipe from you? Uh, you have a book. Uh, what, are you, what are you working on right now?
1: Well, Reactionary Times TV, you can catch that at reactionarytimes.com. Um, we're working, I'm, you know, like as you pointed out earlier, you know, my columns are everywhere. If you just search Julio Rivera columnist, you'll find stuff everywhere. I am writing a book. I've been writing it for the last five years. It'll probably take another five to finish. I'm all over the place. First, it was a book. Then it was a screenplay. Then it was this, and it was that. I'm all over the place. Um, but yeah, just look up Julio Rivera Conservative, and you'll find what you need. But really, go to Reactionary Times, ReactionaryTimes.com. That's where where uh, where we really want to send people.
0: Awesome, Julio. Thanks for joining the program. Look forward to talking to you in the future, Julio Rivera.
1: Hey, Cesar Puebla. Don't forget.